0: Today, we are talking about my favorite topic, SEO. Specifically, how to optimize your product pages for SERPs and how to understand the word salad I just delivered to you. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian.
1: And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Commerce.
0: Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement Encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with BFCM planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer. Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest commerce events of the year. Search for Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today.
1: Every aspect of your website is a variable that could be impacting your business's revenue. We all want to grow our business and we make changes with the hopes of seeing our business grow. Maybe you add a new graphic here, new social proof on your product page there, maybe change your pricing. But do you know if this new thing is helping or hurting you? Today, testing is a requirement in understanding what is and isn't working for your business. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to test. In fact, I set up my first test in less than 10 minutes on a client's store using Neat A-B testing. After the test was live, we saw a confidence level on each of our tests to know which is actually best for the business. How? They showed us the additional revenue per view for each variant. Give our friends at Neat A-B testing a try today and start testing for your business. Head over to try.neatab.com commerce T to start your 14-day free trial. Again, that's t r y dot n e a t a b dot com slash commerce dash t.
0: Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm drinking coffee, not tea, but uh, don't tell our listeners. You
1: just told our listeners. Oh yeah, so
0: it's really it's um coffee flavored tea
1: ah, made from coffee you know, beans. Um, <laughs> we actually have some of that. Do you really? It's, it's it's like a literally coffee-flavored tea. I don't remember what the brand is uh, because Daniel wasn't drinking coffee for a while. Okay. He weaned himself off of caffeine, and this was like a caffeine-free, not decaf coffee, but actually tea. He he really likes it. It smells just like coffee, but I feel like it's just like lying to my soul yeah. by drinking it instead of just drinking coffee. Anyway. I had coffee this morning, but I unfortunately finished it and did not get a refill. And so I've just been staring at an empty mug in front of me. That's
0: okay. It's probably better that way. I've learned that after one cup and I'm on my second cup, I get a little shaky and then I get really hot, which is probably my body telling me I shouldn't <laughs> drink coffee anymore.
1: I remember when you used to be like, should I have a fourth cup of coffee? And I'm like, no. I mean,
0: look, Kelly, I'm in a product sprint. It's not my fault True. if I drink two to eight cups of coffee. It's like, you know, when you're like, I'm going to drink a cold brew at eight o'clock at night, that means I'm still sprinting, which is very unhealthy. Everybody, I do not endorse a hustle culture, but I do understand what it's like to get to the finish line of a project and that some days you will work those 18 hour days, but it is unhealthy to do that consecutively. If you can avoid it.
1: We <laughs> are so close to the finish line for the super secret, super secret project that we've been working on. We are. I just demoed uh, a a light version of it to, to Rian this morning. And so it's pretty cool to see it in action, right? I'm
0: really, 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 really pumped. I love building product. I love, well, I'm not the one who built it. I just watch it being built <laughs> and then I have ideas.
1: Thank you. Yes, thank you, <laughs> Kelly, for building I, All right, let's, let's, we're officially announcing, well, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been two days ago that we announced it. Yes. The, the company. Yes. So we can say it. Okay, you go. The new company name is? Drumroll, please. <laughs> gavalo! Yay! We're s- Rian, what does gavalo mean? It means light. Valo means light in Finnish. And go means go in English. And Govalo means there is an available domain name. <laughs>
0: means we can
1: trademark. Yep. Well, so we're really excited about it. Um, if you want to visit the website, gavallo.com, we have a little landing page set up where you can sign up to be notified when we launch, which is going to happen next month.
0: It's very exciting. I am very, very excited. I can exciting.
1: finally, I've been saying for like six weeks now that we're two weeks away. Um, and normal. unfortunately, it's still it's still true. It's, we're still two weeks away. So one day, but I'll I'll include a link in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting news. But why don't we talk about uh, SEO? This is my favorite
0: topic. So we're not going to talk about all components of SEO because then this would just become an SEO podcast where we tackle a new SEO challenge each week, which... But, might be something people want is an SEO series. True. But,
1: <laughs> um, but we do have a past episode we do. Uh, that is an introduction to SEO. I will link that in the show notes so you can check that out.
0: Yes. And I think we have an SEO masterclass on our YouTube channel.
1: We do. So, YouTube.com slash commerce. Yeah.
0: So that that's another place you can check that out. Uh, so I've been in the SEO space now for eight years-ish, and it's changed a lot. But one thing that has not changed is that SEO is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you go into it expecting instant results, you're going to be very disappointed.
1: It's so painful to watch from an agency standpoint sometimes. Like, I have friends who run SEO agencies. Like that's really what they're focusing on. And they lose clients because the yeah. clients are like, yeah. I'm not seeing any changes. You're not doing anything. And they're just like, you need to be patient. Yeah. I, and I think
0: sometimes there's, when when you're working with clients, so I used to do a lot of SEO consulting and right now I'm an advisor in a company and I just help them with their SEO strategy. It's it, It's really setting that expectation up front And then managing the expectation because it's like, well, remember, and then also like all SEO folks, we have a ton of reporting tools. And so you might see movement in not necessarily your priority one keywords, but you might see them in other ones. And that's good. Any movement towards the top of a page in for in a SERP. So a SERP, by the way, is search engine results page, i.e., Google.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and as we always say, yes, there are other search engines like Bing out there, but you're <laughs> like talking like like about you Google. Have
0: one example, like Bing. Or DuckDuckGo,
1: and I have no idea how DuckDuckGo works. Or Go, AltaVista, or-, or Ask Jeeves. Oh God,
0: yeah, they still. <laughs> so Google is it dominates the market, especially especially North America, Europe, Australia, and and much of the world. So that's that's why we talk about Google. So okay, so I just what, if you're sitting at home and you're like, but I need to rank before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I'm like, awesome, you still have time.
1: Get started now, but you do still have time. Yeah, I mean,
0: start today. <laughs> start today. But if you were to start, let's say, November 1st, I there's just no no guarantee that'll work unless you have extensive uh, press release and and backlinks coming your
1: way. There are um a lot of good things that you can do on November 1st, though.
0: Yes. Like what?
1: Wish me a happy birthday.
0: That is true. <laughs> Important things. Important things. We can wish Kelly a happy birthday and double, triple You can tell
1: me all the things that you've been doing for SEO already. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yes, please. (laughs) And I hope one of those things is that you have researched the heck out of your keywords and developed a strategy. So there's a bunch of algorithms that Google uses. But right now, the dominant algorithms are called RankBrain and BERT. BERT is an acronym for something very, very, very long. And basically it's two components. One is machine learning, i.e. AI. Whoa, that was too many just letters in a row. <laughs> for example, artificial intelligence. And then BERT is neural matching. So that means matching words to concepts. Do you know what BERT stands for? It's like, bi- is it bidirectional? something i i've said it so many times, times i it, always have to have it in front of me it is a it's
1: long no i googled it it is bidirectional encoder representations from transformers that's right hey i got th- this is why we call it bert yes this is why bert As Burt's name, you got, you got 25% of the way there. You got the B. Yeah,
0: I I knew that part from saying it so much. But after that, I was like, (laughs) oh, I
1: can't remember the
0: rest. I always have to have that in front of me because it's like, no one ever talks about it. And then when I do, everyone's like, what are you talking? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? What is neural matching? (laughs) So anyways, the part of, part of all of this means that because Google can relate words to concepts and concepts to words and also it is smart enough to understand your search patterns, what you mean. It understands geographically where you are. There's a lot, there's a lot that's going on here. You really need to research what keywords you think. So so let me back up for a second. Ranked brain is great for this. When you ask rank brain a question like how do I XYZ or, what dresses are popular for homecoming twenty twenty one, and you're asking a question, Bert or sorry, rank brain delivers you answers, okay, uh but so does Bert, so anyways, it's still important to write around keywords, right like they're regardless of the fact that Google can pick up on concepts, you still have to feed it some keywords because otherwise it's like, well, you're not going to get to a blue sparkle dress from just writing about homecoming. That's not how it works. You still have to use the words blue glittery homecoming dress in your description. I digress. So the best way to, to do that is I say, I digress and keep going. So the best way <laughs> to do that is to look at your competitors that's my favorite way of doing things. Look at your competitors. What are they using? Look at what I call your peer competitors. So people you're actually competing with and then people that you want to compete with. So your potential
1: competitors.
0: So for instance, if you are a streetwear brand and you make t-shirts and you're doing $500,000 a year, your direct competition is not Nike. It's just not. And that's okay. Okay.
1: My direct competition is Amazon. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's like say, yeah, that's like Kelly and I say, our direct competition is Amazon. Um, yeah. And it's just, we're just not competing with them. And that's okay. Uh, and I'm not saying you can't go to Nike and get ideas because you can, but Nike tends to not focus in those big enterprise and legacy brands tend to not focus as much on keywords because they get so much press and they're so well-established. They are very difficult to knock off of those top three positions that you really, really want. Kelly thoughts. I'll be quiet for a second.
1: No, I was just enjoying hearing you talk. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You're so passionate about this. stuff. I
0: love it. It's really fun and it gets super, it gets super nerdy and in the weeds. And so I love doing it and I love talking about it and I love the strategic portion of it. So another way to look up keywords is by using Google AdWords, click it into the, it's like called professional mode or advanced mode. And then there's keyword planner. It's a really great way to determine what Google has decided is worth bidding on for keywords. So Google AdWords is what is how you buy the ads on Google, right? Those top, those top three positions. Now, interestingly enough, those positions, make up less than 3% of all clicks on a SERP because we have now been psychologically conditioned to just ignore them. We know we know their yeah, ads. you see
1: ad, you scroll past. Yeah,
0: you scroll past. You're like, no, 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 but what's actually the top? Because we all know now. We know. And then I will say, just as a internet professional, I always feel bad if I accidentally click on someone's ad when I know that they are going to be served
1: like in two like in a scroll.
0: I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know how much that click cost.
1: So I, or, or it's the exact opposite. And you're like, I really don't like you clicking on your ad. (laughs) So
0: there's, there is something to be said about Google AdWords. I do think it's a, a useful strategy, depending on what market you're in. We could talk about advertising all day. Advertising is another form of SEO. It's just not on page SEO which is people don't, a lot of advertisers won't be like, we do SEO. Yes, they do. Because all SEO is, is getting, is search engine optimization. It's getting to the front page of Google. That is the goal. You have one goal is to get to the front page. Now, if you're in like a t-shirt market, maybe page two is fine. Because people will scroll more than one page. But we always say in our industry, and people who've heard me talk before, like, "Green, this joke is so dead. Uh, where do you bury a dead body? And it's on the second page of Google. So remember that. And it's good also for keywords to have niche. Niche, be niche. Yeah. Niche is good. People want to buy from small businesses. People are tired of buying from Amazon. People will go use Amazon search and then look up your brand and then Google your brand. So you better make sure that when your brand is Googled, that your name is, that's the easiest thing to rank for, first of all, is a branded keyword. That's what's called a branded keyword. Like if it was like Kelly Vaughn's books, like Kelly Vaughn's books better be the
1: number one thing I get served. On the other side of that, my book is titled Start Freelancing Today. (laughs) Which is not going to rank as high.
0: It's not going to rank as high. But if they searched by Kelly Vaughn, that should show up first, right?
1: I weirdly see it listed when I see it first when I search Start Freelancing Today. Have you searched it before? Again, I just searched in incognito. Okay,
0: okay. Incognito is a good um, way to tell where you're at.
1: It's interesting. I, I see my site, which is the Start startfreelancing.today. And then I see Amazon. Okay. And then I see something else. And then I see the Goodreads listing for my book.
0: You have a Goodreads listing? Oh, I reviewed it. Yeah.
1: Did I review it. I'm a Goodreads author. There you go. I have a 4.4 for my book on Goodreads. I love that. The Goodreads reviews are fucking brutal. <laughs> I have 5 stars on Amazon but 4.4 on on Goodreads.
0: I So I don't leave reviews on things really um because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of reviews. Generally. How yep. However, I wrote a review for a book that I got from from what's that thing? I have Book of the Month. Yeah. And I literally wrote, this is the worst book I've ever read. And I wrote it. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, ran. I, and I went back and I changed parts of it. But truly, everyone was hyping this book. And I was like, I do not understand why everyone is stoked. This book was so dry. It was so boring. It's supposed to be fiction. I'm bored. I I, I just got through it out of sheer will. And just wanted to make it through. I just wanted to make it through because it's hard for me to stop once I start. Except for nonfiction books, I'm great at stopping and starting those. <sighs> I'm like, oh, this is boring. I'm done. But with fiction, you're like, well, who did it? Who did it? I want to know. Who's the killer? Who's the this? The killer. So exactly. I'm very invested. But anyways, reviews are really important as well <laughs> on your product description page for SEO. Why? Because JSON they show up with JSON. Kelly, we explained
1: JSON. If you remove all the visuals of your website, you re- re- remove most of the copy of your website and you're left with just like this very specifically formatted document that lists like, this is your product's name and its description and how much it costs and how many reviews you have and your average re- rating for the product. And that's what Google's picking up. That's what is being used for SEO as well. And it also is used for, uh, oh, what is it called? The 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 knowledge the side graph panel.
0: knowledge graph or knowledge panel, depending on what they're the same thing. So yeah, every every time y'all look on your SERP, again, when you query, queries ask Google a question or just put in keywords, you you press, you know, the button that makes everything happen. And anytime you see kind of like panels or aggregated questions or any of that, that's actually rank brain in works. And that is, those are called knowledge graphs or knowledge panels. I'm fascinated by I used by to them. have one.
1: You'll get one again. Mine, dis- mine disappeared. Yeah. That's okay. one again. It's all about clicks. It was, it just listed me as an author and had a link to my book and my social profiles. It was kind of cool, actually.
0: That is kind of cool. It'll come back. It'll come back. It's one of those things. Like if you look up Ventov, there's one, you know, it, it, it depends.
1: Hey, Rian, what can I do to help my support team be more efficient? I recommend Gorgeous.
0: Gorgeous combines all your communications channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all help requests. This saves your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It sounds great. What else can it do? With gorgeous, you can pre-write and save responses to your most frequently asked questions. You even have access to the customer's order information, so you can personalize the responses with things like an order or tracking number. This will allow your support team to focus on complex questions. Brands like Olipop, Death Wish Coffee, and Steve Madden have reduced their response times and increased efficiencies. This sounds like a great way to also increase sales and brand loyalty. Where can I learn more? Check out gorgeous by visiting commerce forward slash gorgeous and try gorgeous for free for two months. Again, that's commerce dot com forward slash G-O-R-G-I-A-S. Next up, we're already like 20 minutes in and we, we have
1: yeah, we'll, we we we'll, have we'll, like we'll blow through the rest five of five more things. things
0: to <laughs> Next up, titles and meta descriptions for products. Okay. If you asked me a year ago, if you needed keywords in these, I would say no, because Google officially says you don't. However, I've done extensive testing on this. And I would say, guess what? You do. You have to have keywords in this. Super, super crucial. So titles and meta descriptions, make sure that you have keywords in. Also a title is the blue link that you see on a SERP So remember that, think of it like a headline for a newspaper underneath it as meta description is a meta description or it's called a meta description. And that's like a byline to your title, sell your title. Otherwise, no one's clicking on the blue link. All of that being said, Google's official uh, meta description length right now is 160 characters is that right or yeah, 180 it's 160 it's 160 the reason because
1: they doubled it before the,
0: yeah okay so the reason for my confusion you're like Rean, shouldn't you know this i mean yes however google did a thing a while oh like three years ago one day they're like guess what everybody meta descriptions can be 320 characters which is why that's what you see in your shopify backend. Then they were like, just kidding. Two months later, we're back down to 160.
1: Yeah. but And all these websites, such as Shopify, adjusted their backend yeah. to reflect the new amount. And now if you try to drop it back down to 160, it's a little bit of a technical thing here. Uh, you could have issues with saving the page because the character limit is now exceeding the 160 limit.
0: You know, if, if you want a solution for this, there's this really great app. It's called SEO. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm so bad at plugging my own stuff. So I have done extensive testing. I am watching truncation at about 130 characters pretty consistently across mobile and desktop right now. I, I've tested it using VPNs. I've tested it on mobile. I have a mobile array at home. I've tested it across. Like I, I
1: have tested this, and I would. Doesn't start. it also have to do with the length of the letters? Like the letter I takes up less yes. space than the letter W. It's
0: actually well. This is this is the rub, right? And this is like where you get into developer weeds. It's it's actually not character driven. It's pixel driven. It's yeah, if you, exactly. So if you have a bunch yeah. of W's, you have less characters. But right now, I don't, how, how wide is a W compared to an I in a pixel? I don't know the answer to that.
1: You could probably fit like seven or eight eyes so, in a W. So that's. This is not, this is my total making these numbers up, but just visually, I would guess like six to eight. Yeah.
0: So 130 characters is what I would advocate for as you move forward. And you're writing meta descriptions, 130, because what you do not want to do is to have to go back through your entire store's backend and fix this later because it will truncate. And Google actually doesn't like it when it tries to truncate things. Google prefers to not truncate. Also, it's much harder for Google to get they They stop reading your meta description at like 130. They're done. So get to the yeah.
1: point. Get to the point. It's a good practice to just be succinct with your writing anyway. It
0: absolutely is. If you need help with that, I recommend Hemingway and you want to write it about uh, the sixth grade level or below and succinctly.
1: Speaking of writing succinctly. Yes. Do you want to talk about product descriptions?
0: I do. I want to say one thing about titles and meta descriptions and let's talk about product descriptions because you are great at writing product descriptions. This is the last thing I have to say about titles and meta descriptions. If your titles are not good enough, Google will just make them up for you. And same with meta description. They'll be like, that's cute. This sucks. And then they'll just make make it up. They specifically pull from product descriptions or H1s.
1: It depends. <laughs> there, yeah, especially like Reed and I were talking about this before we started recording. Um, there, It's clear that there's, there's some A-B testing going on. Yes, there's definitely. Because we're seeing some really weird results. Uh, for titles that you would not expect to actually be the title for the search result, yes,
0: very weird ones.
1: And this is what happens when Google owns the show. Google does own the show. Are we ever
0: really zero party? Anyways, Kelly, over <laughs> to <you. laughs> Kelly, over to you for writing your product descriptions.
1: Okay, so this is both SEO driven and user experience driven. So I love talking about product descriptions for this reason. I see two major mistakes that merchants often make. The first one is that your product's description is too short. Yeah. It's like one or two sentences or it's just like three bullet points and that's That's it. the worst. Sorry. I'm trying. You're, there's not enough information there to entice a new customer to purchase from you. I, I always say like when you visit a website, I should be able to answer three questions. Who are you? What do you sell? And why should I buy from you? your product pages are individual landing pages for your business. You're usually not sending traffic like paid traffic to your homepage. You're usually promoting specific products or you're promoting collections. And so if I've never visited your website before, I would need to learn. I would need to know who you are as well. And I would need to know that this is actually a good product to purchase. Part of that, of course, is social proof. So that's why product reviews are important and strong photography and all that kind of stuff. Um, But On the product description side, you need more substance. Now, on the flip side of this, the other thing I see merchants do is put too long of a description in there. Nobody's going to sit there and read an essay about your product. So there's a balance to this. Um, With that, uh, a lot of Shopify themes give you the option to put a product description above your Add to Cart form or below your Add to Cart form. There is a time... When having a product description above your Add to Cart form works, when it is two sentences, a super like introductory, like just introduction to your, your product, and that's it. And then you go right into the, the, um, the actual purchasing process. Below that, you have all the space in the world to add more content. So what I love to see, for example, is like two sentences of introductory text at the top right below the product's title and the reviews and the price, and then the Add to Cart form, and then perhaps some bullet points to drive the point home about something about the product, especially when you're dealing with like food mm-hmm. or anything that's consumable. I need to know what allergies are in there. I need to know what's what ingredients are in there, that kind of thing. Um, if, if you're selling apparel, I need to know what size the models you're using are wearing and the dimensions of your models as well. Yeah. Because people are buying this stuff online. They can't try it on. They need to know how it's going to look on their body. So I like using the space below the add to cart form for a few more bullet points, just to kind of add a little bit more oomph, especially also uh, building trust around uh, shipping and returns and the cost of shipping. Being able to include that information right below the add to cart form is always a good idea. Below that is where you can get really detailed. Um, And I pulled up two example sites that I really like. One I always talk about. Uh, which is Primal Kitchen. Um, they're one of my favorite examples of, of a salad slide-out cart with really good um, cross-sell and upsell sell uh, functions built into the slide-out cart, which is why I always use it. But their, their uh, product pages are actually really good for descriptions as well. So they've got a few sentences at the top that introduce the product, and then you're at a cart form. And then below that, I'm looking at this uh, Alfredo sauce uh, product, for example. Below that, I see a section called What's Inside with the image on the left side. And then there are three tabs, description, ingredients, and nutrition facts. And you can you can get more detailed here to talk a little bit more about the product itself and uh, how you might want to use it or, you know, how this is paleo and keto certified, things like that. Um it's it, it doesn't if you're viewing the whole reason why we want to keep the the product descriptions succinct on on uh, especially for mobile devices. Yeah. Remember, most of your most of your traffic for most merchants is at least 60 percent coming from mobile. If you look at your website, if I have to scroll a while just to get to the add to cart form, I can guarantee people are leaving they're and they're not actually exactly. So that's why I like to keep it succinct at the top. And then you can expand as much as you want, as long as it's in a readable format. Uh, below the add to cart form. Uh, The other website that I absolutely love uh, their whole setup is Barabee. So looking at their cotton napper, they have one sentence introducing the product, the add to cart form. Uh, Below the add to cart form, they have free shipping and hassle-free returns. Uh, They have a few more trust-building things. And then below that is when you start getting into the content. So if you scroll down a little bit, you can see everything you need to know. And then it breaks it down into four sections, product information, materials, care instructions, and specs. And here you can, of course, get specific. Obviously, being uh, succinct with your writing is good practice no matter what you're doing. Uh, But this gives you more opportunities to expand on various features of the product where somebody can learn more. Uh, You can also expand in in this area to be more focused on like, Visual content or videos or things like that to allow people to learn about the product, however they want to consume that information. The final thing about this, which I'm going to throw back to you, is the actual contents of your product description. It's starting to pull in those keywords, both short and the long tail keywords.
0: Yes. So, and let me define first the short and the long tail keywords for those listening at home. A short keyword is like a word. Me, maybe maybe two. (laughs) Long tail can be like a whole sentence. And you will identify those through your keyword research. It's crucial that you have keywords inside of your product description. Now, in theory, if you're writing about this product, the keywords should come pretty naturally. But if not, it's okay. And I would do something called keyword Tetris, which is when you make keywords fit into what you have to say Still sounding organic. It has to still sound organic. It can't be stuffed. It can't feel. You know, on eBay, this is the best description. On eBay, it's like, oh, the title. The titles are just just wild. They're just bonkers. They're super long. They're just like keyword after keyword after. You cannot do that. Do not do that.
1: Google does not like that. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's all pull up a random category to see what people say. It's so. it, It doesn't. It will never serve you.
0: So. On that specific landing page, and I'm going to call it a landing page because Kelly referenced how product pages are where you direct us to your traffic to. She's totally right. And if your advertising strategy is to push to a home page, we should talk later. And you you want to have <laughs> content with keywords in it. it. It's not hard. And then especially when you have like on BareBee site, which is like such a great example of the way the way it can be done, is really fleshing out the content later and keep in mind we're talking about a product that has two sentences above it and it's three hundred dollars this is not an inexpensive product and it still works it still converts so uh i think that's all i have to say about product descriptions really besides oh and make them just not boring
1: Uh, have fun your brand voice should come through in this yes oh and another thing you can do If you want to like really
0: zhuzh up your product descriptions and you really want to do something for your SEO, you can do internal linking here. Like, let's say, I I don't know if Barraby is the right example for this, but let's say Barraby also sold weighted eye masks for sleep or comfy slippers. You can say, enjoy this with, and then you link to another thing. This is especially great for apparel, Right like pairs well with yeah. pairs well with looks great with like, if you want to dress it up, pair it with this jacket. If you want to, if you want this to be like an office dress, let's okay. Now we're back to dresses. Let's say it's a dress. Mm -hmm. You can say, you know, if you want to zhuzh it up, go for a night out, wear this dress and these shoes. But if you want to keep it like laid back, uh, wear this cardigan and these flats or something. I don't know. I'm just making it up, but either way, you're still linking inside and that actually is a tr- is a trust building mechanism. Yeah, that Google is
1: especially good for, um, like, think like swim swim apparel, mm-hmm. um, selling tops and bottoms separately, yes. which is a very common practice. You want to make it really easy to get the matching top or bottom, whichever one you're looking at. Yes,
0: you want to make it easy to either get the matching one or, as the youths do now, specifically not get the matching one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a youth anymore, so <laughs> I'm going to stick with my matching set that I bought a long time ago. Um one last thing I want to touch on for product descriptions. Yes. This is especially true for print on demand stores. Yes. And for drop shippers. If you're selling a lot of the same product and you're using you're, you're sourcing your products from elsewhere, they tend to have a product description ready for you to go. Mm-hmm. But you could be like, ah, my job, my work here is done. It is not. I'm done. good. It is not done. One, don't do that. No. Um. And you could you can include some information from it again, like the the care instructions. It's always an easy thing to copy over. However, I know there are only <laughs> there are only so many ways you can write about a shirt. But you gotta find a way to make it different. You want to avoid that duplicate content going from page to page to page to page. Also. If you don't change your product description from whatever's auto-generated from, let's say, Printful, for example, if you were to search that product description just for fun Oof. on Google, Oof. you can see every single store also selling the same product who never bothered to change that product description.
0: It's a real big issue. Don't j- make sure to change it. There's a lot of ways to talk about a T-shirt. I know that it might feel you're like, how many ways could there really be to talk about a T-shirt? They're just, they're just is, um, and it depends, right. If it's sustainable, if it's this, if it's organic, if you can like lean into that, if it's something you can like zhuzh up or not zhuzh up, you can do, you know, perfect for zoom or for laying around watching Netflix. Like you, there's so much there. And another way to say that is look at this. You could say perfect for zoom and lounging around watching Netflix, you could also say something like perfect for video calls and laying on the couch watching TV. And relaxing. Same thing, same thing. Same and thing, And reading exactly. a book, I don't know. There's so many different ways you could say the exact same thing.
1: And if you need help with this, copywriters exist for a reason. You can hire somebody to help you write your product description.
0: Which I recommend. If you're not a writer, that's yeah. okay. There's so many writers on the market right now who need work, hire one of them.
1: Yeah, and and we all know that as a business owner, you have 900 million things you're doing, start delegating some of them, especially if you don't enjoy doing them or you're not good at them. Facts. One final uh, topic that I want to talk about for this particular episode, and that is alt text. Yes. Do you want to explain what that is?
0: Alt text is the text. Okay. So when you put a picture on your store, so when you upload a photo for your product, if Google, if you don't put any text with it, Google automatically, all they see is that there's an image there. They scroll your code and they see that there's an image there. They don't know what the image is of. If you've ever watched Catfish, the TV show, you'll notice when they do a reverse image search, it is not smart enough. It's like, oh, selfie. You know, it's it's man. man. Yeah, it's not smart enough to really pick up anything of value. And the reason I say this is twofold. One, that also means that folks who use screen readers cannot read or see your content. All they see is image. They have no idea what they're looking at. Um, and and in this case, if someone um, is unsighted or, or needs screen readers for any other reason, you're not serving all of your customers. You're just not. And you should be. And it's an eight. And this
1: is, yeah, like alt text is great for SEO, but it's first and foremost necessary. Absolutely necessary for for accessibility. Yes.
0: It's accessibility friendly first bonus points. It is also the thing that Google reads to decide what is in your picture and then will show it. So this is where Google images, more and more people are using Google image search as their launch pad especially for like when I used earlier that blue glittery dress for homecoming, right? That example. People are not just Googling it like at Google Core. They're going Google images, searching the images. Yep. That's how they're exactly. doing it. I do that all the time. Yes, yeah. All the time. It's a, it's a very common search behavior.
1: If you're more, if you're interested in learning more about accessibility, which I definitely recommend you do if you're not very well versed in this area, uh, we actually did an episode with Alana Davis. Uh some time ago, I don't remember when. Uh, I, I added the link to the episode in the show notes, so I highly, highly recommend uh, listening to that one because Alana's is great, and there are so many good nuggets of information in that episode.
0: So many good nuggets of knowledge in that episode. So we could talk about this all
1: day, and you, if you, we can literally turn this into an SEO podcast.
0: Yeah. So if you have questions, let us know. And feel free to send us, it to us uh, on our stores, uh, on our stores, on our website's contact page. And we're going to be doing another AMA kind like type episode soon. So if you have questions in general about SEO or just things you want us to talk about, let us know, and we're we're happy to address those.
1: You can also send us an email directly to hello at commerce com. Yes, you can. So instead of doing store shoutouts this week, because I can't think of a store to shout out, we're going to shout out books instead. Uh, because I spent a long time reading while I was on sabbatical from the tap room and now I have a lot of books to call out. that are really great. Um, and the first one I want to no, I'm just going to do one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to call, <laughs> I'm going to call out, uh, Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reed. Um, she is also the author of, what was it called? The Girls? No, she wasn't, she didn't do The Girls. Uh, uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. That's right. That's right. I,
0: That's right. Yeah. I think I got those two books around the, I think I got Girls and Daisy Jones and the Six like within a month of one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, both phenomenal books, but Malibu Rising was her most recent uh, release that came out this year. I absolutely loved the book. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend getting it.
0: That's, yeah, I I have it at home, which is where I'm at right now. And I, I might read that
1: today. <laughs> Do it. I hey, might. Yeah. What about you? What's yours?
0: Mine is The Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. And I read it a while ago. I read it recently again. And there's also a one-act play. Oh, One woman's One-act play that, um, oh my gosh, is a Vanessa Redgraves. Does that sound like a, that sounds like a, yeah. Redgraves did a production on either on or off Broadway of this specific piece. Joan Didion is a very famous author. Um, And it's about when her husband dies and her daughter dies and the year she spent afterwards kind of denying to herself what was really going on. So it's a book about grief and loss and processing. And it's just very real. It's just, you know, the days you have that are good, the days you have that are bad. And I think it's really beautifully written. And I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to is, is wanting to trick yourself when the reality of the situation is different. So I, it's it's
1: beautifully written. Like, absolutely. We took beautiful. very different approaches to our book. Sorry, me. I'm all deep. Yours is like super heavy. And I'm like, fiction. I mean, yeah, I- it's a good, uh, yeah, you need balance. You need balance. I mean, both. You need ba-
0: balance. It's, it's, it's a fantastic book, though. I highly recommend it. I recommend everything that John Diddy has ever written, which sounds very like MFA of me, um, like MFA creative writing of me, but. That's cute. I know. I don't even have an <laughs> MFA, but I, I recommend it. The end. I'll have more book recommendations. Let us know if you like our book recommendations and if you want more fiction or nonfiction recommendations as well.
1: I've got a lot of both. Yeah. If you need any managerial or fintech or financial crisis books, I'm your girl. Yeah. I'm
0: really good at um, political science and history. (laughs) The end. The end. (laughs) Gender studies. Also good at.
1: Yes. (laughs) All right. So that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel. You can visit it at youtube.com slash commerce tea. Uh, once again, we do have a uh, growth lab webinar that we did that's up there all on SEO. If you want to do a deeper dive into SEO and see our beautiful faces. Uh, if you like our podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make us very happy. Yay. Give them to us. Give them to us. <laughs> <laughs> You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Wednesday. So grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify App Store.